welcome to the Carbitrage Podcast, episode 151. I'm Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host, Ryan Sinitsky. Hi there. And Jenna. Hello. Hi. How are you guys? Bitcoin's a lot harder to buy on Robinhood than it is on Coinbase. Coinbase, yeah. Yeah, Coinbase makes it pretty easy, but I don't really enjoy buying on any exchange anymore because they require so much really personal information just to buy and hold on there. I'm like, I understand if you want my information when I sell it because then it would be potentially gains or tax loss. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I want a quick plug Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage. On this particular website, which is a platform for uh, content consumers like you to support content producers like us directly, you'll find two relatively open-ended options we have for a monthly payment to us. One is $1.50 or more, and that's just a crisp high five from us to you and roughly a beer a month the other one i believe is five dollars us yeah oh just for the podcast yeah yeah yeah, no you're not buying you a beer (laughs) we are actually buying sorry you are actually buying us a beer from a little over a year ago maybe almost two years ago at this point because we're so far behind on that but we also have another level, which is a little bit higher, and that one will get you some swag. I know we've been saying this for a while. I actually did place an order for some shirts and koozies Perfect. last week, so I will actually be able to distribute that to our patrons. Except, for, I, except for you, Tucker, because you wear a 5X, and I just cannot order one of those because it's too expensive. What um? Uh, so my question is, with do they actually say Carbitrage, or is it just a logo? Or It says Carbitrage, and there's a logo. Perfect. That sounds wonderful. Um, beyond that, beer time. Looks like you've got a coffee beer. I've got a coffee because I just Jana, do you have a coffee I do. beer? I have a coffee and a reusable bamboo mug. Sounds good. I've got a cider. Sociable Cider Works something. It's in a koozie. I don't know. So, yeah. yes. there we go. All right, Ryan, you've got the first topic. Take it away. Well, actually, do I? I think so. Yeah. Yes, you do. Oh, I do. I'm sorry. I scrolled down too far. That's <laughs> yeah, just fine. Uh, so, we've all lamented the loss of the Toyota Previa since we lost the aforementioned Toyota Previa, as yeah. we all know. Because uh, it was great. Yeah, it was rear-wheel drive, manual. Manual. rear-wheel drive, manual option, minivan. Well, Chrysler, weirdly enough, is offering us most of that. Okay. What? Oop, this just bumped the down The Pacifica like crazy. is being offered with a all-wheel drive system that can go completely rear-wheel drive if needed. So is it like a, a combustion engine front electric rear, or is it actually like a torque split? It's a, it's a torque split, all gasoline, all-wheel drive system. Well, and that's then, pretty neat. Like on a Haldex system where you can uh, program it to go 50-50 or whatever you want, Yeah, you can program the all-wheel drive system in this, and it can actually handle stock power going to the entire rear end. So huh. you can drift this minivan is what It's a potentially a drift van, yes. That's really yeah. cool. So um, look for these in your rental kiosk in about yeah. six months' time. Yeah, uh, I do want to note that Chrysler and van culture – uh, they've been doing a lot of collaborating, and hmm. I feel like this might be part of the, like, something involved from that relationship. Hmm. So that's really cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it, if you, it, what's really cool is they actually made it all-wheel drive, and they only lifted it an inch higher than normal. So if you want to get a rear-wheel drive minivan mm-hmm. and you want to lower it and everything, you can still put your stance pants on. And then Here's my question. Are they able to maintain the stow-and-go seating in this one? Yes. Okay. That's unbelievable. When isn't they it? did the Pacific Hybrid, Pacifica Hybrid, the plug-in one, yeah. like it's all lithium batteries where the stow and go was. Yeah. But that one is all-wheel drive too. It's just okay. through the road all-wheel drive. So this one, yeah, they were able. So the stow and go seats go where the lithium batteries would go. Yep. 
So they were actually able to run the drive shaft through part of that hole for the lithium batteries, and that's, that's why they're doing this one is just a got a pretty. That's yeah. got to be a pretty skinny boy drive shaft. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's yeah, it's got to be small. It's not gonna be an F one fifty drive shaft. I haven't personally seen it. Right, but I mean, if you look at like CV shafts, if you make it solid steel instead yeah. of hollow, you could make yeah. it much much narrower. And then depending on the metallurgy that you choose, like you can easily make a drive shaft very, as skinny as possible. Because we only I mean, choose carbon fiber. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, like if you look at like Honda drive shafts, you can get yeah. a thousand horsepower drive shaft that's maybe like a centimeter bigger mm-hmm. than a. 200 horsepower drive shaft from For the factory sure. so yeah. i think it depends on where they put the carrier bearing and all that kind of stuff yeah exactly and yeah. then well the actual metallurgy itself of the metal like depending you gotta on put a lot of pepperoni in the metal yeah you it put it, the pepperoni in it helps the pepperonium um but yeah so i think it's just really cool that they're actually while everybody else is abandoning the minivan <laughs> platform chrysler's like going all in on it i just realized drift it actually fan. does yes. say drift fan <laughs> in small text underneath the article uh, that's that's headline. why i originally read it very nice but i think it's actually really cool that while everybody else is abandoning the minivan platform mm-hmm. as it's becoming cool again um that yeah. chrysler is actually like no you know what? we we made this what it is like we didn't invent well, in the u.s yeah. we didn't invent it but like we certainly made this like the thing that's known for and now we're gonna make it cool it was the espace in europe and it was the caravan in uh, the united states yes it was but right around the same time though yeah it actually, i wonder if yeah. that was a coincidence ah uh, no yeah probably not <laughs> that's cool right. though i mean i see they did a facelift too it actually looks pretty good yeah i when, wonder if they're gonna keep the uh, plug-in option too when i first saw the pacifica i had zero faith in it like when I was at the Chicago Auto Show with Ben from Japanese Nostalgia Car, I had such lo- like Ben was like blown away, and my whole thing was this is a Chrysler. He goes, yeah, but look how great this is. I'm like, this is a Chrysler. This well, is going to. And you suck. hear Pacifica, and all you think about is these Awful. clapped out pieces yeah. of crap that are poorly maintained and falling apart. Exactly, and um, it w- and Ben was saying, yeah, but this is actually a very good van, and I said, I understand it's a very good van, but. At the end of the day, it's still a Chrysler product, so there's a very high likelihood that this is going to be a giant steaming pile of trash. And yep. so far, every all the ones I've actually been in have been holding up very well. Yeah, so. I mean, I think these largely, even the first gen, new, the, okay, so the pre, the, 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 the minivan the, yeah, one the of minivan, the Pacifica. Yeah. They kind of worked out the valve seat issue on the Pentastar V6. I mean, that used to be the big problem with the heavier vehicles with that yeah. V6, is they would heat up so much where it would actually drop the valve seat out of the cylinder head. That's a problem. And it would cause a lot of damage. But I think that they've 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 fixed this. And that's actually that V six is a derivative of our Mercedes design, which is And been if for you a long time. really want to get awesome, you can put the uh Maserati um uh yeah. cylinder heads on it. Oh yeah, that's right. Because that's yeah. shared with the Levante. So yeah, you yeah. could supercharge it and put the fancy cylinder heads on it. Yeah, you, you make it because I think it's it's like a do, like a wide valve angle dual cam or something. Like they did like a bunch of cool stuff on it, and I know that. Um, well, it's like the 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 Mercedes 190 back in the 80s. Like it was the same block as the peasant one. It just had a really worked over cylinder head by a different company. Yes, yeah. and well, it was like the um, the the Ghibli, I think, or whatever it is. Um, yeah, the Ghibli and the Quattroporte and the Levante all have that V6. Yeah, so and that literally is a Pentastar, because whenever we have to work on yeah, Maserati's at work, yep. we buy spark plugs based off a Jeep part number, and they bolt right in. Mm-hmm. And we sit, then we charge the customer for normal spark plugs. But yeah, 
and if, everything's if you know fair. The interchange, yeah, it's, it's everything's the same fair. Exact OEM I'm port, not overcharging so. the customer for like the Maserati part. I'm just buying the exact same part from somebody else. No, it's like the Deco timing belts I put in that car. They're the same Deco timing belts, but they don't have the Ferrari stamped after the Deco logo, and they're one tenth the price. Perfect. What yeah. are they? What do they fit then? The 355 and the 360. And they're just Deco. And Deco, Deco made... makes them for Ferrari, and they also oh. will sell them to you. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. They actually made them for Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Deco makes the Ferrari timing belts. Deco's a good company. Yeah, they the, seems fine. Even yep. the belts I pulled out were Deco, and they were they were in fine condition, shall we say. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, Italian things are wonderful, and they just make everything better, it seems like. Cause, well, that's true. Yeah. And especially when you have some sort of plug involved, and I'm guessing they're still going to maintain the plug-in hybrid option for the Pacifica, which is my favorite. Yeah, and well, I, I'm yeah, the plug-in hybrid option's cool. I really like the, um, I like I, this all-wheel drive cool. to be really great, but yeah, the plug-in hybrid currently is the best one that you can get. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I'm looking forward to seeing these power slide it. Like I said, you rent one and you take it up to the track and you drift the minivan. And you can put the Maserati cylinder heads and supercharger kit on it and be it really just have a party. Make some sweet exhaust noises. I want to talk about another Italian, also oh, yeah. from the same company. Um, we ruin lament the loss of the Fiat 500. Yes. We talked about this. Rip. It we're got canned so fairly recently. Yeah. And I don't think we're getting it again, at least not oh. short term. But it's coming back. There's going to be a third generation Fiat 500, and it's coming Hell back yeah. as the E. Yes. Oh, that's really cool. So yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a compete with the Honda Urban EV. Yep. It, it, also another great vehicle that we don't get here. So, so we're I not see this, this one is the Cabriolet. No, Are we? This is a first gen. That's just a caption image. Okay. Um, I so I got really actually... excited because I was like, EV convertible? Well, I mean, I'm sure they will offer that at some point. Because there's no reason why cool. they couldn't do it before. I mean, you could make one from an E in a, yeah. a lounge right now. But... The 500E has been spotted in very heavy camouflage in its third-generation form, doing powertrain testing recently. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, and I will be curious to see how it compares with, you know, the Zoe. That's really the Mm entry-level, longish range city car EV over there. Uh, The Mini SE EV that's coming out, that's actually a really good vehicle on paper. Yeah, Obviously, we don't want to overlook the uh, the Honda, because I think it's a rear-wheel drive and awesome, even though it's very expensive. Yeah, but um, I mean, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful in every way. Uh, here's the, the camouflage version. Clearly just a second gen 500 in very heavy camo, but again, powertrain testing. Yeah. So I'll be curious to see if they incorporate things like level three DC fast charging. I'm sure they will because they're able to redo the sheet metal now because this thing's been in production for 12 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, they're still making it. Just I really not for, not just for us. hope Mike Scott, whatever the fuck, Manly. Um, Mike Manley. Yeah, Mike Manley just gets his shit together and lets us have the cool EV. Seriously. As soon as Sergio Marchone died, I said, this guy's going to ruin it because this guy's from Jeep. Like, he's, yep. he's going to take away the cool car, and we're going to be stuck with a bunch of Jeeps. And look at us now. Yeah, now we don't have the cool car, and we're stuck with a bunch and of stupid Jeeps. And we're not Jeeps. even stuck with the one cool Jeep, which they used to make, which was the Renegade manual yeah. all-wheel drive oh, with and the, the Fiat. And they're also they're, uh, trying to keep us from being able to get an actually good Jeep. You the, mean the, the Wrangler with the two liter or the diesel? Yeah, yeah, the Mahindra Roxer. Oh, that too. Yeah, that's the cool <laughs> Jeep. But we can't even gloss over the fact that they make a turbo diesel manual Wrangler four cylinder. What? I'm pretty sure. I think they, yeah, they offer a four cylinder diesel in Europe, and I'm almost positive in the JL 
you can get a four-pot turbo diesel manual Wrangler in the other that parts of the world. That sounds awesome. wonderful. I'm sure wow. Scott will correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm sure <laughs> that Mike Manley goes, ooh, Americans don't want that. And we're everybody in America wants that. It sounds wonderful. Seriously. So. I know a lot of people that really prefer the diesel option. We get the VM Matori 3-liter, but only with the auto. Yeah, I mean, that's I don't want still that. a good option, but I mean, you, you get the Pentastar with the six speeds. So why would you not do that? Mm-hmm. And then throw the Maserati cylinder heads and blower on it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine driving a Wrangler Unlimited that just sounds like a Levante? Actually, I'd be that'd really be into that. I would buy a Wrangler at that point. <laughs> that would be super cool. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. You know, I, that's one of those examples of an engine that's really, really dumb in its factory form. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. once you swap it into literally any other platform, it's, like it's a suddenly Nissan the best Leaf. thing. I mean, I was talking to a dude down in Texas, and he's like, you want to buy a Nissan, Nissan Leaf? I'm like, why? He's like, well, A, the components are way better to work with. They're much smaller. But also, that, that drivetrain's rubbish in this car, but it's great and everything else. <laughs> and it's like... I imagine this guy's from Britain or something. Yeah, he had a very thick accent, but a very, very nice guy. I'll talk about it later. That but sounds hilarious. <laughs> he, yeah, because yeah. you went to EV World. Or yeah, whatever. and actually, I'll, EV World. I'm not sure if it's this week or next week. I'll talk it is, it this, is week, this week, yeah. yep, so, so we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, like, we, America, we love subcompacts. It's just, it, it, that's the thing. It's just, it's, like, we have so many people that live out in the middle of nowhere yeah. where they buy trucks, which makes yeah. sense if you live in the well, middle of nowhere. There's a lot more distance between everything where these people are. But, I mean, like, it's, it's one of those things where you're going to want to turn off the sound there. There you go. Uh, it's, one of the th- it's one of the things where it's, you know, if you live in Kansas, it doesn't make sense to get a subcompact. But if you are the other half of the population that lives in, like, Los Angeles, yeah, you should get a subcompact. It, and it's kind of like uh, all of our, like, tra- public transportation issues. Like, it doesn't exist out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of, like, Nebraska, where it's only farms. Right. But, like... In the city, we're really desperate for these vehicles, and now we don't the entire them. week we've been looking at the new Accords, being like, gosh, those are so big, or my sister's Kia, when parked next to my van, is the exact same size, yep. even though Kia that it's Optima, a Kia we should say, yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's just it's, like, yeah. we I, want the tiny cars. I looked at Gibbs 2013 5 Series next to the M5 when I was in here doing the water pump. Yeah. The, I opened the door to pull it out or whatever. I looked at them both. I'm like... The 39 is tiny. That's like a one series now. We saw a um, a 10th generation Civic drive past a CD Accord, and it was literally the same wheelbase. Yeah. It was yeah. the same size as the Accord. And it's just like it's so much wider now, too. And, so, and, and nobody wants that. Because, um, like, in Puerto Rico, they, uh, they, they have tons of small cars, and they make do with them. They don't just make do, but they make awesome. Well, and they them. put they always swap the engines too with either a rotary or some sort of Toyota something or other. Something or other. Yeah. And so actually I found a video on YouTube of a guy who had a like a 96 or so Toyota Tercel. Oh. With it, the video is entirely in Spanish. It's called, it's from Drive and PR and uh, PR Drive in Puerto Rico. Um but yeah, this is a V6 Camry powered uh Tercel which turbocharged Camry motor. Uh I believe it's probably a 3 liter. So it's, um, okay, one MZ probably. Yeah, okay. so like a one MZ because that, that's like their kind of go-to engine. I wonder if it's a three VZ if it's turbo, but I but guess it's I'll, pretty, I'll play this. Pretty awesome. The sounds playing right now for it's, everybody. It's on very minimally for the stream, so it okay, should be cool. okay. But yeah, I mean, like, it's a totally <laughs> gutted out like '96, '97-ish, like mid sure. '90s Tercel yeah. coupe, uh, and the guy has put a V6 in it and turbocharged it. Oh. Yeah, that is definitely an MZ series. Yeah, so MZ series V6. 
And it's got, you know, it's actually probably the best looking uh, Tercel that I've ever personally I seen. I cannot believe that fits in there. You can, it, Puerto Rican people will fit anything into, if there is enough that square inches. That suspension looks like it's not coping well, though. There's a lot of lateral movements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's fun on a boat. Oh, man, look how squirrely it is. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a Puerto, it's, it's, most of the cars I see from Puerto Rico, like, they have, like, 80 horsepower at most factory. Sure. And then somebody's just found a way to make 300 or more horsepower on it. Like, That's true. This probably had a, a 2 or 3E in it when it was yeah. sold. Yeah. It, what, a 12-valve like, piece of garbage. It's a really awful, truly, truly awful engine. That is one of the, actually, one of the only bad Toyota engines. You know, actually, um, in Puerto Rico, yeah. there was a dual-verd cam um, performance Tercel they made. Like, just oh, for the Puerto Rican market. With, uh, Five EFTE, four EFTEs, and five EFTEs in them. Yeah, it was yeah something like that. But like you could actually get like a pretty quick Tercel. And mm-hmm. so in Puerto Rico, there's actually a small like a pretty tight knit but small community of people that love Tercels and like that's what they race are sure. just Tercels because they it's like the modern equivalent of like a Starlet or something. Sure, Toyota's smallest. Oh, and they are car. they are so light. Oh, they weigh they nothing. Had no equipment. They were so light. No, and it like <laughs> it's actually a really really dope car. So oh, uh, the, there's some there's some uh, fab pictures in this. Yeah, video. the, the dude actually cool. like built all this. Is it a twin I, or a single turbo? I think it's a single. Okay, um, I didn't sit through the entire video, but I'm pretty sure it's a single. But um, wait, that's a four cylinder. He's gonna mocked up on. I wonder if he started with a he started with a four and then yeah, went to a went six. To the yeah, He's but like this just isn't enough power. Oh yeah, okay. So that's a five <laughs> EFE with a turbo bolted onto it. But yeah, so we'll uh, we'll Wait. share this video on the Carbotrage website or on the Carbotrage Facebook page. Yeah, yeah, we can we can put it on there. That that underhood picture next to it that was still with the five EFE. So I'm curious when he went to the V6. Yeah, so it's a really cool car. And again, like I said, this video is entirely in Spanish. It's made for Puerto Rican people. Uh, and I just happen to find it because this is what well, I like at YouTube. the title is in America speak. Yeah. But I, um, <laughs> this is just the stuff that like pops up on YouTube for me because I've like, finally curated everything <laughs> on my computer to think the, that I'm actually Puerto Rican. When you don't share a YouTube <laughs> login with somebody else, you can actually do that. Oh, really yeah. It's really great. I've, I've curated them perfectly. <laughs> I have not been able to do that. Mine's um, all stuff I want and then cruise ship crankshaft videos from Corey. I... <laughs> Like, no one logs in to my YouTube because it's the same YouTube I've had since, like, middle school. Oh, it's a Camry V6. And oh, it's a GR. Oh, that's cool. Sorry. And I just, like, I get really stuck on, like, one creator for, like, a, like a week. And I just go through, like, all just their videos. Binge it. Yeah. I and do so, that, like, too. I get a lot of BuzzFeed videos because... Oh, no. Like, BuzzFeed like... Unsolved is real good. Yeah, is they, it as good as casually good explained? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, it, it's a, imagine me and Blake like, ghostbusting oh, together. No. It, it, that's what it is. Yeah, is this Blake like, being like, really serious and me just but like, they also do screwing crime, around the whole time? So like, it's, it's great. So, like, there's, like, so I get a lot of like, BuzzFeed recommendations that aren't like, actually tailored to me. They're just like, you like BuzzFeed here. Blah. And then that's like all the recommendations I get. That kind of reminds me of BuzzFeed in general. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you like that? We're gonna give you eight hundred things you're not interested in. And then all the creators that you like on BuzzFeed leave, and then they create their own YouTube channels, and then it's amazing. So now YouTube's also dying. So where do they go next? I don't. I don't don't know. know, But but Watchers it just started on YouTube, and that's the guys from BuzzFeed Unsolved, and one of the dudes from Worth It, and 
That's easily my oh, yeah, favorite you, you YouTube channel now. You can still get heckin' viral on YouTube, but I'm just curious what's going to happen next. Yeah, I know. Everybody's trying to get on well, to that. So if you guys know, the, let, uh, let, let us yeah, know dro- before. Yeah, drop us a line. Well, that's, that's the let thing. us know before it dies, because I don't know what I'll do without YouTube. Well, no, that, that's the thing, though, is, you know, if you're a video game developer and you're developing for the PlayStation 2 in, like, 2005, or a video game developer and you're, and you're developing for PS2 in 2005, like... Right. It, you don't know that the Xbox 360 and the PS3 are about to deve- like well, come out like two do, years though, later. Because you're gonna have a dev kit. We, yeah, no, the, well, the dev kit came out like a year later. That's what I'm saying. No, a year before. No, no, the PS2 came, or the PS3 came out in 2007. 2006. Okay, well, whatever. You know, but two, I'm saying in 05 they would have had a PS3 year before dev kit, year before though. the dev kit came out. Okay. You then have you're still developing right. stuff for the platform that you have, and sure. then you're just gonna port it over to the new platform. Well, and it's then, like developing performance parts for a, a last model year of something before that changes. Exactly. So. Like, if you're developing stuff for a B-series, and then, Just surprise, the K. K comes out, like... <laughs> Although, you're still going to sell a crap ton of B-series yeah, parts. Yeah, it's you're, you're, you're cashing on the, K, on the B-series, and then everything in the future is going to be for the K. And so that's just what people are going to do with YouTube, is everybody says, oh, it's dying, it's this, it's that. But, I mean, like, what are you going to do in the meantime, if it is? Like, mm-hmm. just you're going to continue using YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're going to continue using iTunes until Spotify comes around. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so. now I don't use iTunes at all. Exactly, because <laughs> iTunes is terrible. God. Anyway, I'm not going to keep this video going because it's 17 minutes long, but we will drop it on the Facebook yes, so you can watch it. Yes, that will be on Facebook. It is a 2GR, which is really I heard badass. iTunes, and I was immediately repulsed. <laughs> I liked iTunes. It used to be good, and then they did one update where everything got moved around, and then I never that's opened it again. That's why I'm repulsed. That's... that's yeah, me too. Also around the time when their mobile devices could be set up without iTunes, though. So that helped a lot. Yeah, so that just is like, nice. Now we're just going to kill it. <laughs> but, but my my iPod video's hard drive crashed, so I'm without an iPod, so I'm really salty at Apple. <laughs> that sounds like an Apple planned obsolescence. Not as much now as no. it used to be. It really it was, was a really huge bad. problem before. Well, like, it's because people quit buying their stuff because it was all planned obsolescence. Now you can have a, a phone that technically lasts five years, which is oh, impressive. That is impressive. How long ago did I work at MA Performance? Probably around that long ago. Yeah. So this phone. That phone's pretty old. Yeah, and I mean, it works. I mean, surprised if it, the battery's holding up, really. Yeah, look at that phone. Me oh, too. dude, it's it's you it's can't great. see it, but I mean, like you it's can kind of see the chunks missing on the Chunk. glass back piece. Yeah, my brother <laughs> goes to grab his phone, and we're all like, "No, no, 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 no!" Yeah, I've, it's really nice. Nobody wants to touch this, so like nobody steals my phone. Because like, they make like a plastic thing you can put over the back that's yeah, fitted. but he doesn't. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> but this phone also is prone to overheating. It's S7. Ah, yeah, the, we know what happened to S7 Note. I was gonna say. Is that the one that they made a note version and then it caught on fire? Yes, yep. and okay. I totally believe it because this one gets real hot. <laughs> yeah, I think he got this on sale because they're like, oh, the notes are exploding. We got to... Like, Let's shift these th- this real one, quick. This one did not have the note problem, but boy, howdy, do I believe it. Like, if that battery is a little bit bigger, it would totally light on fire. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Well, speaking of, I guess I'll use that as a segue. Slightly bigger battery. <clears throat> I want to talk about actually probably my favorite long-range EV that's on sale right now in the United States, and that is the Jaguar I-Pace, okay. also pronounced Ipache. 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 Thank you. Actually, yeah, it's Ipache. So they didn't. I don't, I don't know how I feel about the I-Pace. I've yet to see one it's in real a life. Wagon that they reduced the, the ability of storing a bit. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know. I, this is the thing. I've never actually seen one in real life. 
Oh, dude, we'll be at the auto show shortly. Just check one out. Well, I should say in the wild. Oh, like oh, yeah. I drive past a, a Jaguar dealership regularly, but like you see them all in YZ and Orono. Mm, that's that, it. That, I that's, don't see them that, outside of there. So it's rich white Gen Xers that own it. Yeah. That's, yes. That, those are the only people yeah. that live in that area. Really, really early Gen Xers. Because the the boomers are getting too old, and like if they yeah, boomers if don't understand if their walker is. if their walker tips over, they well, they're they, never gonna be found. The thing with the boomer is you get out to your garage in the morning, and your walker trips over your J one seven seven two cord, and then you end up in the hospital sooner. So well, no, because you live in Orono, and it's might as well be living in the wilderness at that point. True. So we should explain uh, the. The geography of, around it, Lake Minnetonka. Where is it in relation to Buffalo, Minneapolis? So Minneapolis is on the east side of Lake Minnetonka. Lake Minnetonka okay. is this big, big, gangly lake, which I've never seen all of it. It's like somebody projectile shat all over the topography of Minnesota. It, 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 looks like a, it looks like a Roychak test. Is it Roychak or was it? I don't know what you're referencing. The, the inkblot tests, Jana? I should know. Inkblot tests. What are those called? The Royce check. Royce check uh, test. Something like that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it, also uh, the name of a um, watchman. Yeah, watchman. But it. Um, oh, we have the Google right here. Yeah. So it looks like an inkblot test, but just stuck on a map. And Royce Kirk. This it's R-O-R-S-C-H-A-C-H. Yeah, that vaguely looks like Lake, Lake Minnetonka, actually. Yeah, okay, so this is Lake Minnetonka for all <laughs> so, intents and purposes. And so on the east side, it's, like, civilized because that's, like, near the city. And it's just, like, it's so big and gangly, you can't really develop around it very well. Because it's just that you can't have a straight line. You can't make a grid around it. Yeah, there's no, like, smooth, contiguous shoreline. The whole thing is just, like, bits and pieces of spackle. I wonder how many miles of shoreline Lake Minnetonka has. Because it's got to be something just ludicrous. Where it isn't just like your normal, like, simple, like, oval-ish shaped, you know, lake. This is a bunch of small little bays and everything. Um, it's 125 miles of shoreline. Yep, 200 kilometers. Yeah, so it's 125 miles of shoreline. In an oh, here's area, an actual photo. yeah, there we go. So that's <laughs> like, what it, that's what it looks like. It I looks, suppose I could have just pulled this up from yeah. the get go. No, it, it looks like a depiction of like the human intestine system. Like, that's exactly. Yeah, and the dark blue is where you need to poo. Yeah. So there's each one of these small bays is a different town. Mm-hmm. And so when you're on the east side of the town, you're close enough to the Twin Cities mm-hmm. where yeah. yeah, you can have luxury villas. But then you get to the west side of it, like you're where, in the boonies. You're yeah. on the boonies, and then like up up north is a highway not too far away, so it's still kind of nice. So like Orono, yeah. where we see these but jaguar, there's, there's I, nothing down there. We see those those jaguar eye paces around Orono. That's like for, that's for the rich people that want to pretend they live in the boonies, but still be five minutes away from the highway. Oh yeah, that's exactly what exactly. That is. Yep, like that is the maximum range. You see them over here. This yeah. is very close to that point. Yeah, that this is the maximum range of the I-Pace. It was <laughs> until this model year where they software unlocked another thirty miles. I thought, wait, I, I thought we were talking about Jaguar, not Tesla. Yeah, we are. They're doing the same thing. <laughs> so they're just yep. all doing that. Interestingly enough, about a week prior to that, I was watching a Car Wow YouTube video where yeah. they took like uh, uh, an Etron. Etron. Okay. Uh, the Ipache, uh, <laughs> which means yeah. poop in French. Etron. Um, a Tesla Model 3 long range dual motor, a Kia Nero. Okay. Uh, electric. 
a Nissan Leaf with the 62 kilowatt hour, so the extended range Leaf, mm-hmm. charged them all up, and they just caravan until they pooped out. Oh, which and, one lasted the longest? Um, the Tesla followed or preceded by, I think the Nero. The Nero. Ah, the there you best. go. Good yeah. job, not because that was Audi. a very efficient vehicle. The Audi was the first to go. Good. It was terrible. Yeah, I roughly bet it the was. same range as my car with twenty-five more kilowatt hours. Good lord! Um, but anyway, the Jag was interesting because you know you get down to these thresholds where the car starts complaining, like twenty percent. Start thinking about a charger. Ten percent. Find a charger now. Like six percent. Like you're past your nearest charger, bro. You're gonna die. Then they got that thing to zero, and it went for another thirty miles at zero. Oh my god! <laughs> so no wonder they can unlock that range because the car had it all along. You just they're just moving the software huh. from you know, where the to, battery says it's out. To to be fair, I can understand why they underrate that because if you're telling somebody it's got a 200 mile range and Americans, it's got like a 215 mile range, like yeah. you know that every Karen in the world will be broken down on the far side of Orono right. waiting for a tow truck for two days. <laughs> It's completely true. I mean, you like, look at American gas gauges, it says empty, and you've got like five gallons left. It's true. And well, it's because, yeah, like if, because Karen's going to take it too far. Yep. And you just have to like take her seatbelt and cut it out and like <laughs> grab like a piece of metal and, and use make the a glass bow, break. Make like a bow and arrow and like go hunt a deer while they're waiting for their tow truck because they're 100 miles away from anywhere. And also known as <laughs> right here. Yeah. <laughs> On like the south the of the side southwest of corner of Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> well, no, they, they got to like, you know, purify themselves yeah. in the waters of Lake well, Minnetonka. Well, baptize while they're, or, or is it like while in they're the middle spear-fishing. of February? <laughs> Castaway. Like, <Yeah>. <laughs> but but if, it, if it's the middle of February and, you know, it's been below zero for like several weeks, mm-hmm. there's They've made no an water. Igloo to purify themselves in so they're just screwed so if you ever drive past like minnetonka you're not from minnesota you're gonna see a bunch of people have small houses on the lake like physically on top of the ice Mm -hmm. those are actually stranded motorists (laughs) who have cut down trees and are still awaiting tow trucks they're just trying to shop for sustenance yeah and they're 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 fishing for sustenance and that's actually see a lot of ipaches parked (laughs) next to these these all of them that's gonna be every single one of them and by 2022, it's it, the Lake Mantaka is going to be completely undrinkable. It's going to be full of lithium-ion batteries. Oh, no, no. Well, well, I'm sure they will subsidize chargers on the lake <laughs> over the winter. It'll be fine. That'd be hilarious. And just like one high voltage power Tesla, line Tesla, through please the snow. put a supercharger in the middle of Lake Minnetonka. That would be winter. wonderful. Yes. I would. I would be a big fan of that. Because what could go wrong putting a thousand kilowatts of DC? Into on a, frozen water. Nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. I think it'll be fine. Um, anyway, that's maybe got a bit too so, far. But I love the uh, Ipache. I'm glad they're doing this. It doesn't seem to affect the EPA range because they didn't actually change the vehicle. But That's great. Yeah. Um, so, there's, so there's that. With the Ipache and the people that live in Orono, previously those mm-hmm. used to be like the Mercedes kind of S-class, the W126 crowd. Um, and then they went into their 140s. Yeah, they got and their that, now they've got their crossover sort of. No, weird now they're thing. in a GLS. Yeah, they are, and the GLS are a Ipache. Well, so I was on um, Bring a Trailer and forgot what for what Ooh. reason I was here. I found wow the the car that I missed is the perfect Mercedes S Class and it got away. This is great. It's, it's a, a two, short wheelbase six cylinder manual AMG. Oh yeah, and that's before AMG was AMG. Yeah, so, so it's a, it's a pre-merger AMG. Look how body color 80, everything yeah, is. Yeah, eighty three Mercedes two eighty SE five speed Euro. I found Euro. that I, again. I found oh. this on. It was a link to a Craigslist post from Florida that I found on uh, Bring a Trailer from like. Damn. 
uh, from August of last year, and I totally miss this Dude, one. This is awesome. Yeah, Euro bumpers and everything. And the 280. That's the that's the early twin cam 2.8 too. Yeah, you're right. And when you look under the hood, just a twin cam engine. And it's cool. I don't want to scroll past these pictures too quickly, but I'm gonna get to that engine. I'm gonna just hang on it. But um, does this also have a hidden trailer hitch? Uh, it might. It looks. That'd like it be does. very cool if it did. Oh, oh, look at the cloth interior at the AMG steering wheel and oh. the manual transmission. You have to understand, cloth interiors were actually a luxury item in, in Europe. Well, in America, even Ooh. in the 1980s. And there you go. There's Burger losing his mind over this dual over. That engine Mercedes was V6. so ahead of its or time. Inline six. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. M110. That's a very cool engine. I know. I was looking at that. It's super cool. It's wide valve angle they, and everything. They sold like, these in Blubskis, brand new. That's very in cool. In the last year. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. A 280 W115, super rare. That'd be, that would really buggy. Yeah. That'd be super They're 180 fun. horsepower, 185 horsepower. Yeah. Oh, AMG camshafts. But still, yeah. they were like 180 stock. Well, no, um, 185 uh, stock because it's a Euro engine, but then the the AMG camshafts give another thirty oh, horsepower. Nice. So that's a great engine. This is a, a inline six that makes as much power as a five sixty SEL would have yeah. made in that same era. More actually. Yeah. yeah. Five sixty. They were under two hundred. Oh, they were when they yeah. were first launched. So, I just, I just thought that was pretty much the perfect S class and got away. I'm really bummed. That it even has like an error correct like Blaupunk CD player and I'm everything. I'm 100 percent on board with this. Yeah, this is a super duper cool car. No, this is this is uh if you were born 10 years later, you would be looking at the 1989 R129 300 SL 5-speeds. Like that. Very yeah. similar. Yeah, it's like that. Just like that. Exactly. Yeah. Cuz I mean those cars they had the early M104 so you got mm -hmm. the power, but they still had mechanical injection. Perfect. <laughs> they had the early garbage 129 interior that lasts forever. Yeah. And they had a five-speed manual, which is, I'm sure, the same box as this. Yeah, that's, this it is, is very cool. This is beyond great. This is what Mercedes should make today. Oh, and it's no. since been it's since It was 25 sold. grand for those curious. But yeah. Yeah, it's a short wheelbase, early 80s S-Class with a manual and This a is a perfect example of why people love Mercedes. Yeah. Like, that's everything to love about Mercedes. Yeah, it this, is, this is the greatest hits of the 126, and it was the first year. I think this is the greatest hits of just Mercedes as a whole. A really kick-ass six-cylinder, a manual transmission, yeah. super luxurious. It will never break. It is insanely old and not a reasonable purchase, but it will probably be more reliable than your daily driver. Yeah. Like that's exactly what Mercedes is about. Is it's and just, it's probably pretty fuel efficient too. Honestly. Yeah, it, it's it is a car that's so far ahead of its time that's entirely unrealistic to purchase then and now. But if you do, you have made the best decision because you are going to actually get your unrealistic purchase paid off in a good way because you're going to be able to use this regularly. I am one of the biggest Mercedes people I know, more so back in the day than I am now, but I wasn't even aware of this model. Yeah, I didn't know either. I thought they started with 300 SEs. Nope. The, and the yeah, M103, but, but apparently the first year of the, the US cars, you could get the M110. So that's, without a doubt, the best Mercedes. Also, ever. can I say that engine was old <laughs> when this car was new? I also <laughs> want to say that there was somebody that spec'd this out that like could have had a V8, and they were yeah. just like, no, I want the actually good well, one. Well, keep in mind, this would have been a 450 back at that time, but yeah. still, that's a potent engine well not only that you also have to keep in mind this is in miami this person was on cocaine when they purchased this vehicle same thing okay but well, i mean like they really were, isn't they were on cocaine when they purchased this vehicle absolutely and they still made a great decision even though they were coked out and it's in perfect condition i love this car so much tubular stainless exhaust also it's got working oh. air conditioning 
Look at that R134A. I was going to, yeah, they put the caps on it. And yep. This is an old, like, uh, oh, but it's a, a company that made these old AC compressors that, like, doesn't do it anymore. And they made, like, pianos or something. Oh, weird. Yeah, these were made by a completely just oddball company. You hear the name, you're like, what? It's like getting a General Electric like, lawnmower. No, like uh, a piece of lumber from GE in yeah. the 19-teens. Like, what, <laughs> GE? I'm like, yeah, they used to do everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's a you're, complete sidebar. Whoever got this car, grinder. very jealous. That's awesome. Somebody, I don't actually know who sold. It wasn't on BAT. It was just a, a yeah, find. Yeah, it was so. just a find on on Florida Craigslist. So wow. There still, is, there still is, you know, value in checking Craigslist for really cool cars because that's without a doubt the coolest car. That's, su- that's super cool. I'm really, really annoyed that I cannot get that car. Are you as annoyed as I am? You, something in the same van that's actually on BAT right now. Um, I wonder if I can find this. There is a W124 mm-hmm. wagon with a C36 engine in it and a manual on BAT right now. I saw that, and it's very cool. Did you see the Ponton wagon? Yeah. That sold? Yeah, she yep. that to Janice. She lost her mind. Because I had the red interior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luckily, that one I lose my mind over less because it's, like you said, already gone. This 124 is active right now. Do it. I'm not doing it. It's, it, it's going, I think, for a very fair amount of money for what it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and that is way more than I'm willing to spend on any 124. That's, I understand and where honestly, you're coming from with I that. Was, if I was doing a 124, I would make a wagon and a 500E kit. I yes. think that'd be perfect. A 124, a 500TE. Is what you could call it. Yeah. Like, do the, do the flares, do the big brakes, do the engine, but get rid of that crap-ass automatic transmission. Yes. But anyway. Th- that, those, that, are, those are quite good cars. I'm very... What is the opposite of cross? Chuffed. I'm very chuffed at that <laughs> 126. Anyway, um, completely switching veins. We alluded to it a little bit earlier, but... The, Down south. The, south the guy, of the Mason-Dixon line. The guy that told me that the Nissan... Sorry, the Nissan Leaf mm-hmm. drivetrain is utter crap in the Nissan Leaf, mm-hmm. but very good in other vehicles. I was at Fully Charged Live in Austin, Texas, just a couple days after we recorded the last batch of episodes, which you guys have been listening to the last two weeks. Uh, What that is, it's a British group of people, which is actually down to one dude now, Robert Llewellyn, who you all know from Junkyard Wars back in the day. Mm, uh (laughs) He's that guy. Oh, weird. (laughs) He's completely changed veins now. He's a a green, aging, liberal hippie douche now. But uh, they were doing, they've done Fully Charged shows like community gatherings in the uk for a couple of years now they decided to finally throw one in the u.s and they chose austin texas so which is interesting yeah it's a great city the actual downtown area is very interesting so i went there with my brother sister-in-law and my niece oh fun yeah she's as far as kids go great but it was still kind of a limiting factor for the show but anyway lots of really great stuff there honestly the highlights of the show oops i bumped my microphone there were, you know, plenty of Teslas. They were shuttling people in volunteer Model 3s and Models S and things like that. We actually got shuttled. I hitchhiked. We were about halfway walking from the parking lot to the yes. show at Coda. And this lady in a, a Caucasian Model X stopped, let us in, just beautifully air-conditioned vehicle in the middle of a sunshiny <laughs> desert of a day. Perfect. And uh, I was asking her questions about her car because I saw the central entertainment panel was way more responsive than mine. I'm like, oh, man, MCU2, jealous. She's like, yeah, it's a Raven. I'm like, okay, so that implies that it's a P100D Ludicrous. 
And then I got out and I noticed the brake calipers weren't red. I'm like, this is a 75D that this chick debadged and claims that it's a P100D Raven. That's it's like, oh, this is pretty tacky. But anyway, <clears throat> the coolest thing I saw there by a mile, there was a third gen Kia Soul EV from Canada. Okay. This couple drove this brand new thing that isn't available oh my God. in this country wait, from wait, wait, Vancouver. Wait. It, it didn't register with me that you said v- Kia Soul EV. The new Kia Soul EV. Oh. Which there yeah, was one actually, there. I, I'm it's, really jealous. I saw pictures of it, yeah. It's the best. That is the best EV currently on sale in North America, from my perspective. Because it's I don't think you're really wrong. cheap. At the base price is thirty five grand. It's eligible for the full seventy five hundred dollar tax credit still because it's That's, Kia. Yeah, and it's sixty two kilowatt hours, heated steering wheel, heated seats. It's a hatch. Yeah, it's, it's a great perfect. car. So these people drove twenty eight hundred miles. Just awesome, awesome people. Sat in it. Interior felt great. Um, beyond that, Rivian, the R one T and the R one S were well, there. Yes. So I actually talked to a couple of very attractive booth babes from Rivian. Woo. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be a great vehicle, especially because they announced, I think, around that same time that the price they've been quoting us the base price in the mid '60s mm-hmm. is actually a mid-range model. So they're going to oh, have they're going to get a stripper that's gonna they're going like, to have a stripper that's pretty much as good with a smaller battery for less up. than that. That's going to be great. And then this thing, I looked underneath it, looked at all like it's really, really well built. You know what I haven't seen? What I haven't seen any of the EV companies actually make a stripper where they just. They make it faster by reducing weight, by yeah. like going the Porsche route. And honestly, the first one we're going to see is a pickup truck. Yeah, and I, I feel like it'd be really cool if, say, Tesla did like a Model S with like the P100D stuff, but like no optional extras at all. Well, like do a – well, I was going to say do without the center of, but it turns out the center of cars are lighter, Yeah, which oh, is weird. weird. But like, yeah, do cloth seats with like crappier foam and yeah. like take out a lot of that other junk, take out all the motors everywhere, do a manual hatch, manual Ma- mirrors. Yeah. Like, just like, it's already, if you take the battery out of a Model S, it's 3,000 pounds, which is really light. Yeah. But I bet you could take another 600 pounds out of that car. You can make that a normal car weight. I think that'd be so like, yeah, do really like, hilarious. Do like a P100D Club. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. Like, Maybe they, they should do it with a Model 3 Performance. I think a Model 3 Club would be really cool. A Model 3 Performance Club. Because there are a few people that bought Model 3 Performances just to do that with. Corey has arrived with hams. Yeah, he asked me a bit earlier. We're going to be tearing into Kurt after this because he needs a lot of love. Oh, what does he need? Uh, oil filter housing gasket, oil mm. filter cap, and needs a serpentine belt, needs front brake pads and rotors, and needs all of the shocks and struts replaced. The Kurt's not had a lot of attention Oof. in the last. We should tell the listening audience, sorry, our sound engineer, Corey, who finally got through his plowed path through the wolves. Yep. He has a 2011 BMW 328i sedan six-speed with Very no cool sunroof and only a heated steering wheel. Yes. I love it's got a heated steering wheel and not heated seats. Kurt, Kurt is you know the what? best base model that has ever existed at any point One in time. One second here. The, the heated steering wheel. Yes. I will venture to say it's more important than a heated seat because my butt doesn't get cold. My my phalanges do. Well, you know what? You've got a layer of fabric between your ass and your seat already. Yeah, you don't on your. No, you're like you got to wear gloves. Who wants? No peasant has time for that. Yeah, no, I have mittens in my car and I don't like having to wear them. Like in the middle very of the cute, summer, you drive them. Kurt, you turn on the heated steering wheel and you crank the AC and you point the vents at your hands to try to even it out. <laughs> Perfect. Um, oh jeez. But yeah, so Sorry, anyway, go, going back tangent. going back to I, EV, to briefly want to talk about the three people I talked to. The reason I went to FCL was to talk to people that built their own EVs. Yeah. Cuz I want to figure out about charging, I want to figure out about battery management, inverters. I found this one British dude, the guy that told me to buy a Nissan Leaf. 
because it's the best donor. Yes. He's like, do it. He had a, a pre-Jixer. He had a pre-Jixer crotch rocket there that he had fitted with some Nissan Leaf batteries. Okay. He, a motor he bought from the Zero Electric Motorcycle Company. Oh, cool. All right. And he had a homemade battery charger on it. So I, I picked his brain about how all that interfaces. Just a really, really cool guy. He gave me his business card. I'll have questions for him in the future. There's a guy <laughs> with a really early Datsun wagon there that he had done Very a cool. forklift motor, which isn't as... So they made Jeff. <clears throat> they made they made Jeff with Tesla batteries, but apparently it was pretty pretty sprightly. That'd be great. Yeah, it was it was a really cool show. Uh, I don't want to monopolize too much time with that, but I drove a Bolt for the first time. I actually drove one of these things. The newer one with the, uh, uh, I believe, same battery, but they improved the motor to just get a little more efficiency. But like that thing, they had a motor sitting out just cut apart, which things cut in half porn, best subreddit. Yes, that's true. Thing is punchy. I mean, it's it's not a light car, but I mean the thing was like just squatting all over the place when I laid into it. Really, really great. So if you're looking for a donor in the future, buy a Bolt. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the people in the main convention area, which was completely overrun. I should mention this show had roughly twice the attendance they were expecting. That's very cool. Even though the main guy got like tooth cancer and had to fly back to Britain the day before the show. Mm-hmm. One of the groups there was from Tulsa University there, and they yeah. had an EV1. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, I saw pictures of the green so, one, right? Yeah I, yeah, I took a couple pictures as the people were kind of filtering in and out, and I actually entered a raffle that turned out to be from these people uh, for a, a DC Nissan DC adapter for my car. I'm just like, screw it, it's 10 bucks. I get a little Hot Wheels for entering in the raffle, but apparently I didn't know you also get to sit in the EV1. I'm like, okay, that's cool. So I put all my crap on the ground and sat in there, and the guy was talking back and forth, and I actually know quite a bit about those things, and he's like, Oh wow! Okay, you're, you're actually you're aware of these. I'm like, oh yeah, <clears throat> extremely aware. So the interior, so cool. It has like a Fiero shifter in the middle. It's got like <laughs> first gen Prius, like um, right where the two A pillars meet mm-hmm. the dash. There's like a, a black ribbon that's about an inch and a half tall. Yeah, it was dark unfortunately because all of the remaining EV ones have been stripped of all their yeah. functional components, but. All the gauges were up there. It had a CD player, Very a cool. Delco CD player in it. And it had like a Saturn, you know, box Saturn steering wheel in it. I just want to explain when I say I hate Bob Lutz. The EV1 is five, eh, 60% of why I hate Bob Lutz. Because he killed it. He is the one that killed it. And then I think it's ironic. I was watching a fully charged segment about a couple days ago. They finally put one out. They mentioned the EV1. Like, yeah, that's right when like fuel economy regulations were getting cut back and they were drawing parallels to today and Trump trying to pull them back and everything. Like, they cut the EV1, crushed them, and then they brought out the H1 Alpha. Mm-hmm. I'm like, at that same time, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. They literally 180'd. <laughs> That's... But anyway, yeah, I mean, the highlights probably either the EV1, I think the couple people that brought their own homebrew EVs, and the Rivian stuff. I mean, I want to just briefly touch on the Rivian stuff again. They had so, their motor unit out. Yeah. I was going to say, before we get to Rivian, I want to talk about homebrew for a second. Yeah. The Toyota Highlander Hybrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, that rear is a that rear end is a live axle with an electric motor on it. No, it's independent. They have a live axle. The 400h and the Highlander first gen are independent. They I thought CV they shares. were. Mm-mm. I thought, I but they're they're a great option for yeah. homebrew stuff because yeah, they're, they're pretty powerful. Say, yeah, they're and dirt it's cheap. It takes up no space. Yep, at all. Super tiny. I mean, yeah. they're, they're still good for like it's not much. It's like 70 horsepower. But you know what? That's really good for what? Like a Datsun 510. And also, when you put a better inverter on it, you can get way more power out of these things. Yeah, you can do a Datsun 510. You can do 
like early Cressidas. 2002. Yeah, 2002 would be really good. Yeah. Like a lot of like a Toyota Crown, like if you get like a 50s Toyota Crown, yep. would be the coolest EV swap candidate. That, honestly, it's a vehicle that engine does not exist anymore. That's a great point. I think if you're going to do a homebrew EV right now, you buy yourself a junked leaf. The motors apparently are a huge pain in the ass to yep. run on those because they don't use regular sensing for and the, positional and the leaf. Yeah, but okay. if you buy a 400H or a Highlander hybrid rear motor yeah. and you buy a standalone controller or you build one, you yeah. can you can make all those components play nice. So you get a really good leaf battery, which yep. is a huge aftermarket. You then get and they're, the, they're nice and small, so you yeah. can really fit them in around a lot of existing architecture. You don't have to cut a lot. And you we, we really have to CD explain, axles. like, the 400H and Highlander rear end, that electric motor is the size of the differential. Yeah, like, it's tiny. You could put it under any floor. If you can put a Ford 9-inch underneath the vehicle, you can put this Even EV an 8.8 motor. IRS. Yeah, like you can, like, I say a Ford 9-inch just to give you a little bit of extra room to work. Mm -hmm. So if something breaks, like you can fix it on the side of the road. But like if you can fit, like, any muscle car rear end into it, mm -hmm. a lot of, actually another good one, early 50s American cars would be really Those good. Those are fairly heavy, though. Well, not necessarily, because they didn't have any safety equipment. So, like, Studebakers and that's stuff, true. like, they're about... Well, Studs are tiny, comparison. But, well, yeah. but, but that's what I mean. Like, the early 50s ones, like, the weirdo ones. So, like, because they weigh, like, 3,000 pounds. Like, sure. that's how much of... That's you, how you much would have of, no issue getting one of these no. up to highway speed with them. No, not at all. It's just, like, that'd be another really good candidate. So, if you want to do something super cool and you don't want to put a V8 into it, like, that, that'd be a really good option. I agree. And, like, I, I am so 100% on board with the fact that, like... EV modding is the next thing. I think, and a lot of people say they don't make noise. Like, no, they make a super cool noise. Yeah. Like, it sounds like the world's angriest RC car. Like, we have an RX400H as one of our runners at work, and, like, when it's, especially when it's cold. Yeah. Like, even with the sound deadening, like, you hear all that yeah, stuff. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. super cool. Because yeah. all you're hearing is gear drive, and, like, we like gear noise as petrol heads. Like, yeah. that's the majority of what we hear that isn't exhaust pulses vibrating our eardrums. Yeah, that's exactly what that is. It sounds very cool. So, so anyway, I, I anyway, don't want to spend too yeah. much time on it, but... FCL, awesome. Go. Let's talk about Rivian, though, because I interrupted you. Yeah, so they had one of their motor units out, mm -hmm. very compact, much smaller than the Tesla Performance unit. Really? Yeah, and it's it's got like a center unified thing that looks like a diff, and it isn't because it has two completely divorced gear drives in it. That's how it can do its tank turn. Okay. But this thing, it was like clearly a prototype because it was all like milled CNC. This thing was a one-off. Oh, wow. Tiny, very power dense, really cool. It's nice to see that these AC induction motors, these permanent magnet induction mm -hmm. motors are getting common. So the price is coming down. And the, the more this stuff comes down and the more it's kind of uh, commonized and how it's controlled and read from, you'll be able to swap these in the future. Um, so for me, the motor unit was probably the most interesting thing. It obviously had air suspension, had really, really beefy double wishbone, aluminum I'm suspensions, not, I'm six not piston Brembo calipers. So this is the thing. The air suspension gets me. I, I can't do that on that a big truck. so durable. Well, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's durable, but I'm thinking 20 years down the line. Yeah. Like that clapped out rust in half F-150 that's still like working on a lumber mill. Yeah. Like that's what I'm thinking of. So at some point Rivian's going to be that. And at some point Rivian is just going to be a pickup version of a Touareg. Sure. Because of that air suspension. But I'm not sure how the Touareg did it exactly, but the Rivian, it was set up where it was a, it was a Unistrel like the Mercedes. So all you have to do is unbolt the top mount bolts and the bottom bolt and, and just that's, throw a that, spring that's and how, shock That's in how there. Touareg is too. It's so, just, it, but I mean. I get what you're saying. At it's the end of the day, it, it's still a $1,400 component. On a Touareg. The spring conversion? No. Well, yes, actually. The spring conversions are super expensive. 
And then the, they're cheap for the Mercedes stuff. Well, um, that's the thing is like if the Rivian is shared between multiple models, mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, the Touareg fits the Touareg and the Q7. And that's why it's expensive. Well, the Cayenne. I can, but I mean, still, that's if it's trash. three vehicles, fine. I, I, yeah. I get your gripe about air suspension. I wish it wasn't standard. Yeah, I, I wish it was an option. Right. And I so, mean, it's, it's good for a lot of what people do with um, trucks. One more point I want to bring up on that: uh, the interior on that thing is like super soft touch, high finish from your waist up, and it's like Honda Element from your waist down. That's what it should be. Super durable fabrics, really hard wearing. They have like unzippable trash things in the door, so you could just empty the bottom of the trash out. Instead I love of like, that. Yeah, it's, they have a cool. lot of really great ideas. So this, it sounds like it's going to be a really cool truck. It's just like my little quips are um, Rivian will share with Lincoln. Okay, so. I didn't know that. That's pretty right, cool. So, so th- if, that if, if you share help. with a mass yeah. market component, you can get a Delco shock. And then like, if, if the Rivian's going to share with, with the F-150 and the uh, Lincoln, then that, that's going to be huge. Um, and then they're, I guess oh. they're doing their own in-house batteries. That's is what Scott says. They are doing their own in-house cells, and they're cooling them axially, which is, I think, a really horrible idea. But apparently they've done testing, and it's fine. What that means, Tesla, they they pipe coolant between the stacks of these yeah. cylindrical cells cools them really well especially in the later ones but what axial cooling is is you just you group all these things together you glue them together nothing in between and they actually put a metal plate on the top and they run coolant through that plate so you're cooling it from the end in that and apparently they've done well. testing and i would imagine that you're going to get a much more consistent overall cell temperature but you're going to get hot spots in the yeah, bottom so i, I don't i don't like that we want vans. We do want vans. Yeah, bring the buzz, which apparently this guy was telling me he's on the wait list for one of these things. Yeah. The, the yes. name is still TBD, but they're that's built nice. in Germany, so you might be able to European deliver a buzz. That'd be really cool if you could do that. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, anyway, I am done taking up time with that story. It's really cool. I'll post the pictures that I took at Fully Charged Live to the Carpetrage Facebook if you want to see. And we're at 57. I guess I have enough time I could briefly cover. Yeah, you, we're at 53, actually, but yeah. Oh, not bad. Um, please tell me this your Z8 story because I know I've been alluding to it for the last like three weeks of it. I haven't actually physically seen it. Oh, we should go after the podcast. I'll show it to you. It's in the other unit. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, so long story short, we bought a Z8. So I've been searching 18 months for one of these damn cars. The BMW Z8 was made 2000 through 2003. 2000s were almost all pre-production. There were a couple of actual production cars really late. 0102 Butter Zone. Yeah. Full production years. 03, all automatic Alpinas. Don't nope, even care you about don't those. Want it. Super expensive because they're so rare. So we were looking for 0102. Well, let me just tell you, the Alpina is not that rare because when we went to Monterey Car Week two, year, two years ago, yeah. that was like the standard car. You see them like you see G Wagons at Car Week. They made like a total of 1,000 worldwide. I think probably all of them were there. <laughs> Maybe they're having their own little. They m- honestly might have because Jana. Think about when you're at Car Week, all those BMW Roadsters with the super thin taillights. Yeah. The Z8, the Z8 Alpinas. All the black ones with the red interiors. Oh, that's my favorite yeah. color combo. Yeah. Like, we saw probably four yeah, a day. And I, was, I was really sad because, like, G-Wagons, we all know, are, like, one of my favorite vehicles. Well, they're great. And especially to see. So, like, going out to L.A., you see them constantly. It literally numbs you like, to them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You talk about jaded. Yeah. And so, like, you see them everywhere, and you get to see, like, like all USPS the different trim, like, all the different trim levels and all the customizations. And it's, like, really cool and really exciting. So, I was like, Monterey Car Week's going to be the same. I saw one. 
and it looked disgusting compared Actually, we saw to two. the rest of we the cars. We saw two, because we also saw yeah. six by six. Oh, but, nice. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, but yeah, but I mean, how many of the, how many Z8s do we see, though? Yeah, like, millions. We saw more than we saw of G-Wagons. Like, wow. When like, I it say, was like, like, when you go to Beverly Hills and everybody's, like, G-Wagons are in the valet parking, yep. it was like that, but with those. But the yeah, Alpinas. Yeah. There, there is, if you went to any given parking lot, that makes sense. Though. You would see at least one Alpina, it's and the it was rich, a different car. Unenthusiastic car enthusiast yeah. vehicle. That's what it is. It's an old rich guy car. Yeah, it, it is, and that's why like the Alpina arguably fits the demographic that that car was intended for better than the Z8. Yeah, because that car to rich car enthusiasts yeah. to the Japanese car enthusiasts is the Isuzu One One Seven. It is the weird one that is super good, but everybody that owns it is just an old geezer. Nobody under the age of 100 owns an Isuzu. I will say 100% accurate because I looked for like a Z8 owners group, and the only one that exists is a forum on a dot com that hasn't been updated in a decade. It's just a bunch of old men shaking their canes. At yeah, you. there's there's no Facebook group, there's no Instagram, <laughs> no nothing for Z8 owners. So anyway, we, I looked for about 18 months. My criteria were pretty simple on these cars. Not a lot to look out for, but I wanted silver on black because I can't afford to buy one of these. So the main financier of this project, of which I am a part of, demanded that color combination. Otherwise, I would have looked for black on red. That's the correct color. That is combo. the correct color combination uh, for that car. But I'm happy to have a Z8. So well, actually, I mean, you were able to afford it probably because it was silver on black. I feel like that would help the value. It or help it, lower the value. They, yeah, it does. I mean, it's the most color co- common color combo, but not by much. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it was 37% of them were sold in that color combo. So, how, how many color combos were there? A lot, because you could do individual on these cars. So, so 37%. Main color combos, <laughs> yeah. four. Okay. So, there's that. Uh, I was looking for performance brace. What that is, these cars were all aluminum. First generation aluminum monocoque cars. Uh, which, those are great for... technology, but they're a little bendy-wibbly-bobbly. Yeah. So the performance brace is a steel piece that goes, it's actually nut-certy. You drill into the car, put nutserts in it, and there's a brace that goes between the engine block and the air boxes okay. that keeps the strut towers from warping inward and yeah. jamming the hood shut. Um, um, very Cooper said that issue. A lot of cars, honestly, even like the, the steel BMWs of that era, the M cars, have wow, that really? issue. Oh, yeah, weird. It's, very, it's not... A big enough problem where you have to pay attention to it because it doesn't make the hood not open like but it does on a Z8. <clears throat> yeah, but it's the thing that happens. Yeah. Right. So there's that. Again, color combination. The leather on the dash, because of course the interior is all leather. If the car has been parked outside a lot, it'll peel up and you have to replace the entire dash. What? Yep. Uh, the plastic headlight housing lenses, yeah. still available, of course, because every part on a Z8 is for 50 years. Very expensive if they're foggy. All of the turn signals on the car are neon tubes. They're not LED. They're neon. That's actually super cool. It's really rad, but very expensive. So make sure that those work. Additionally, there is what's called the coffee table book. There were 30, I think, 32 items sold with each Z8. Yeah. Yeah, like a hard top stand, like silk gloves, cell phone, all this kind of crap. One of the items was shipped to the owner after. Do you have the cell phone with it? It didn't have it, but I have it now. Yes. <laughs> I actually have two cell phones because he had the phone, but no box. I'm like, I need the box. So he bought one <laughs> and sent it with the car. Uh, the coffee table book was the only item that was not supplied with the car new. So you had to buy the car and BMW would ship you the book. What this is, it's actually, I have it right over there. I actually have two now. Fun story, which I'm about to get to. It's a roughly 20 by 17 inch 
black box with Z8 monogrammed on it. And there's a book inside, which is wrapped in the actual leather hide that your car's interior came from. So that leather wrapper right there is the same cow that the Z8 interior is from. Oh, that's actually really cool. And if you open the folio here, you will see on the first page right there it on the cover, the that is the actual VIN sticker. It's the duplicate from the A pillar, sorry, the B pillar on the car. So that's, that's, that's cool. a matching one-off. And then inside on the second page, there is a Polaroid photograph from inside the factory of your car what? before it left. That's super cool. I know. So Ryan's looking through the actual book, which did not come with the car. How I found you... it accidentally and bought it on eBay. You, while for this car? For your actual The VIN car. matches my actual car. That's amazing. So this book I bought completely by accident and for good money, like a low amount of money oh my God, compared to these is, things. Oh my God, that is a neon tube. Yeah, they're, they're all neon. So the Z8's just fascinating. But This is a great car. I know. Also, I thought this was a cool car, but this is like a really great no, it's, car. No, <laughs> it's, it's really excellent because it's all aluminum. It's got like the best BMW V8, which doesn't take much to say. Best BMW. BMW V8 ever produced. It's Best got a six-speed six-speed manual transmission only. That's the only trans you could get in a regular Z8. And other than the fact that you couldn't get a, a locking diff in this thing, it has rack and pinion steering. No other BMW from that era with a V8 had rack and pinions. All box steering. That's super cool. But just the attention to detail. Like Does the it crap. tell you the name <clears throat> of the cow? No, I, I assume it's, it, was, it was probably like Gordon or something. Philip. Philip the cow. Philip and Gordon probably were used to create this Z8. But anyway, I, I, like I said, the car was missing like five of these items. The cell phone is one. It was missing like all but one key. There's a little leather zip-up pouch for the two main keys. It was missing both of those. It was missing the coffee table book. I did get him to agree to buy all of these things. So in the trunk of my car, there is another coffee table book. From a different car. From some other Z8 that he bought. But before I even got the car, which incidentally took two months, which I'll get to in a second. <sighs> Forgot about that. Yeah, oh, there's a lot more to this story, but I'm going to try to go through as quickly as I can to get under an hour and 15 here. <clears throat> Never ever buy a car between Christmas and New Year out of state. Why? It is the worst possible thing you can possibly imagine. Because I imagine that person's probably never around. Well, the thing is, the main financier of this project was my father, okay. who was really into the Z8. He didn't know how much I loved Z8s and just discredited it because I couldn't afford it yeah. until we got into this process. So, it, it, that, that's found me the with car some cars, yes. in early December of last year. Okay. Sent a bunch of messages confirming condition, getting pictures of the neons working, asking what's missing, agreeing to certain terms, this and that. Finally agreed to purchase it. I made a purchase agreement on December 20th, 2019. It took a week to get him a deposit. After four days to get the actual purchase agreement signed. What, After who, took, that, who took so long? What, what, what took so long? Why did why, it take four days to get the purchase? Basically, the car was at a Porsche performance shop in L.A. Okay. It was owned by the owner of that shop, but it was titled in his cousin's name. What? She lives 50 minutes away from him. So every single process with this car required a visit to his cousin. The check had to be made out to his cousin. That required signature confirmation. His cousin's a doctor who is never at home. So there's a post office weight involved with every one of these steps. So essentially, the deposit was the easiest part because I just paid the dude the deposit. 
the actual purchase agreement required a wet signature, so that took a week. After that, my dad was on a cruise ship in the Mediterranean, so we couldn't wire money. So this involved a personal check for $128,000, ah. which was mailed directly to her, which took a week to get and deposit. Then after the typical five-day hold for a personal check in that amount, the bank still wasn't comfortable, so they held it another five days arbitrarily. Then after that, I started having issues getting in touch with my shipper, which I selected. <laughs> then after that, three weeks later, I was finally able to get the car collected. All of the documentation, paperwork, and title were to be sent up to me via mail, whereas one key in the car with all of the other accessories were to be brought up by the shipper. I got the paperwork and the title in a USPS flat rate mailer. The bottom corner of this mailer when I picked it up at the post office was completely missing. I'm like, oh, no, all the keys will have fallen out of this. Got home, no keys. Text the guy. I'm like, I got it. All the paperwork is fine, but the keys are gone. He's like, oh, I can't get the keys. Not until you send me a scanned copy of the vehicle registration in Minnesota. I'm like, That's what? Right. He's like, yeah, it hasn't been registered for two years in California because it's been parked. I'm like, mm. Okay, fine. So the dealer in California wants active registration, not a title. Different okay. than Minnesota, but I accept. So I get the paperwork, pull the title out. It's there. It's exactly as it was scanned. They didn't sign the damn thing. Mm. So I had to mail the title back to him. It took a week after he got it from the post office with signature confirmation. He wasn't around to get his cousin to sign it in two spots, which I highlighted. I just got that back on Tuesday. And now I have to coordinate a time to go to the DMV with my dad to actually transfer this over to us. Oh, and mind, mind you, one, that, se one second, time out, time out. <laughs> DMV, let's talk about that, because right now we Minnesota mm -hmm. is stupid, and they couldn't figure out how to get their, they couldn't get their ass off their shoulders, their IDs for the last five years. Oh, so God. So now it's just like mad dash or real ID stuff for us to be able to, like, go on planes. Every, every DMV wait right now is two hours. Yeah, to get a ticket. Anything. Yeah, no, yeah. no, to get a ticket. No, 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 Roseville, you can get a ticket immediately, but it takes two hours to get to see somebody. Oh God, it's so bad. I know, because I, I have to... many more DMV stories, but not Yeah, gonna... this is very irritating. Anyway. Um, so anyway, I have finally the signed title, the paperwork. Once I have the scanned copy of the registration from Minnesota, I have to email that to the seller. He has to take that to his dealership, order the performance brace, which the car was missing when I got it, even Wait, though I confirmed as my what? first question in writing that the car had. I said, yes, it does have the performance brace. Get it here. Super excited. Come on a Tuesday night. The thing's ready. Shipper was a retard, but it got it. Finally. I saw, I saw your photo of you in the hey, truck. You forgot to mention that. <sighs> I'm not even going to touch on the shipping because this was such a clusterfuck. But anyway, I got the car. Pull it inside. My dad's down here. This is like his dream car. This yeah. is yeah. his... his Got this man, he doesn't smile very often. He was like giggling like a schoolgirl in the I've, driver's I've, I seat of this thing. I think I've seen a slight smirk. I, I've him. only seen your yeah. dad actually smile once. I, I'll show you a picture of the podcast. That's when he, he was, was like, he was looking at Mark's um, <clears throat> Mark's Lamborghini. That, he, that was the only time I've ever seen him actually smile. Adores the Z8, and I was feeling like that till I popped the hood, and the performance brace isn't under the hood of this car. I'm like, are you kidding me? But. To the guy's credit, this car is immaculate. I have Other been looking for a year and a half, and this thing is high miles. This thing's 40,000 miles. Oof. More than double what most Z8s are. Perfect. I've never seen one in as nice a condition as ours. That's wonderful. So really stoked on that. But like, we are not even at the end of the tunnel here. No, you're so well within the process. And I'm two months plus in. So I will say, if you want 
a very expensive car, doing what I did is still wise because I bet you there were a lot of people that wanted this car, but they were turned off by the fact that it wasn't titled in his name, it wasn't currently registered, any number of things like that. But that's how you get the deals. Yeah, that's true. So uh, all in, the guy's been, he responds to every message immediately. I'm not worried. It's not the seller himself. It's just all the other trash that's going along with it. He and I are both middlemen, and I think we both understand that. (laughs) So we're both really, really receptive to the delays. Oh, my God. But, I mean, originally the purchase agreement was like, this is a done deal. The car gets picked up January 3rd, 2020. And I didn't end up getting it until like a month after that. It's it's February fifteenth. Exactly. Right so I've had the car for like two weeks now. But even why why, couldn't you and your father have just flown to Los Angeles? It was December. Otherwise, we would have driven it back. As I say, like you get, you could have easily just like flown to Los Angeles again. Did all this in person? Had this happened in two weeks on either end of this, where we could have wired the money, it would have taken a week. No problem. <laughs> I would, other than the title signature problem. But if we were there, it wouldn't have been a problem. As I say, like you could easily with the amount mm-hmm. of uh, just like your time. So. How much do you make per year? Uh, my day job, I make like seventy to seventy-five. So you make seventy-five thousand mm-hmm. dollars a year. If you break that down, two weeks of your life, like that's several thousand dollars. And that you are to my father's credit, bless his heart, he credited me a thousand dollars of ownership because I dealt with this. But I mean, awesome. I guess I guess my other my other thing is uh, not only that, but your father also probably makes six figures because he's buying at least deep deep into it. Yes. Yeah. So your your dad definitely makes six figures. Um, and he, he is dealing with this. So you have now spent effectively several Honda Civics worth of your time dealing with this when you could have just bought a first-class ticket on a flight at peak hours. You know the kicker is? Before I even sent the deposit, I looked up flights and confirmed a day that would work for me to fly out there and deal with this. But I didn't do it because it would have taken two paid days off of my work schedule. This has taken much more time. I than understand that, that Ryan. <laughs> so in the future, but how much of the car's value would have been lost on the drive home? Uh, it's probably a pretty substantial amount. No, you don't even we, drive it home. You don't drive it home. You you just do that no, to no, save no. you the, no, no, the, no. the messing we, around. We would have driven it at that point. Well, no, I mean just the amount of like just to say like. In hindsight, I'm fine have... with how it went, but I wish it had all happened a lot more quickly. Because it's been really stressful. Like, before I got the car and the title, like, well, we just wrote them a check for $128,000. Hope this all works out, I guess. Yep. But, I mean, like, I've done enough car transactions where it doesn't matter the dollar amount. You know if the person is sketchy. It must be really nice having just $120,000 you can write a check for. It was was sitting on my kitchen table. Modi was just batting it around. Oh, God. If your dad wants to pay off my credit card That's not how that works. It's literally a fraction of that. <laughs> yeah. No, even even buying... So I bought in. I'll, I'll level with you guys. I bought in at 10% of this car. Okay. And I, it, like, I have a decent amount of cash reserves. Like, I have, I'm six grand in the hole. <laughs> oh, God. Like, like, just with 10%. Oh. So, like, I, I can't even afford to look at this car, except for the fact <laughs> that I own part of it now. But oh, man. Anyway, the Z8's lovely. If you guys want to see the actual car, head on over to YouTube.com forward slash... I don't know. Just search Oval Bore on YouTube. You'll find it, and I uh, bring tissues because it's cleaners. it's very sexy. It, it's a great car. I mean, that that's coming from somebody too. that I like my very cheap and cheerful cars because I'm too. a very poor person. Um, the last time I bought a car between the dollar amounts of a thousand and a hundred thousand is a long time. I'm trying to think of yep yeah, my my van. <clears throat> my van was free. And like, that's all I can afford. So the last several cars I bought have been like a thousand dollars. So that, that, that's a pretty wild story. I just um, I, I can only afford free cars. That's it. 
So well, that's fine. That free cars are good. Yeah, I think great. this is a wonderful time to end the episode. I think so you're we can right. go walk down to the other unit and take a look at your father's it looks it's the Z8. So, so much better. The Z8 is that's that's that. that's the thing about Z8 is Z8 when you look at it on the internet does so my, not matter. But when you see it in person, when you see it in person, it's better. My friend sent me a picture, yes. a Snapchat of her in a late '90s, early 2000s Jaguar, saying that she was a spoiled wife. Uh, can I take a picture in front of the Z8 and say I'm a spoiled friend and just be like I'm cooler than you? Sure. Jaguar. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's dirty and has a hard top on it. That's but it's fine. Still... It's still better than a '90s, early 2000s yeah. Jaguar. So honestly, yeah. she doesn't know anything about cars because she she's doesn't. excited about Jaguar. Yeah. You should. So uh, you should do it in front of the Lamborghini. Yeah. Then. Show Lamborghini. So, yeah. I'll just take pictures in front of like everything in this garage and be like, <laughs> just go to that end and hold your camera as far in front of you as you can. And be I'll like, just live stream it. And be like, <clears> look at what I get nah, to be your, around. Your outfit's not skimpy. Enough, oh god! Um, well, I've got I've got a bralette underneath this. We'll be fine. That's not that skimpy. It's fine. That's like totally yoga worthy. <laughs> anyway, so thank uh, thank you for listening to Carbotage and uh, catch us next week. Yep. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye.